subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are here again. We have a very special guest with us today that I'm excited to have with us. He's a longtime friend of mine, longtime friend of Ninja. And uh, we're going to have some great conversations today about his business and his journey with Ninja and where he's at now. Normal intro that I can butcher as much as I want, because I seem to be very good at butchering the intro lately, is um, if you want to learn more about Ninja as you're listening to us and you're excited about the conversations that we're about to have, go to ninjaselling.com. You can check out all the upcoming installations, which is the four-day class you can take to learn all about Ninja. And if you want to join our amazing group of people that are, I want to say, neck deep in Ninja, taking it all in where they can possibly get it, you can join us on our Facebook community, which is the Ninja Selling Podcast group on Facebook. Thank you so much. I don't know why that is so hard for me. Let's just get done with this right now. Rob Henderson, I want to welcome you onto the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Welcome, sir. And then I'm going to give everybody a little bit of uh, info on who you are and what you're about. I am absolutely honored to be here. Thank you for asking. And uh, I'm glad we could spend the time together. Uh, again, so great to be doing this. So Rob Henderson, you are from Colorado Springs with ERA Shields. You are um, fairly fresh into the business. I met Rob back in 2013. He had already been in the business for 24 years. That's where our relationship started was 2013. We got a chance to actually work with Ninja together. I helped you with your business from 2013 to late 2014. What we're really having you on here for today, though, Rob, is, is that you have a background in open wheel racing and motocross racing, and I want to make sure we can bring that into <laughs> which I'm not lying about. No. Yeah, that was a very important part of my life. I was so excited when we started coaching together that that, that was something I was just like, oh, we're, uh, we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> this is going to be a great relationship. How many years did you do that for just so we can get that out of the way? Well, the motocross stuff, I think I had my first bike when I was 12 or 13. I didn't really do the racing piece of it until I was in high school. So that would have been when I was uh, 15 or 16. I did that for a few years, managed to injure myself pretty badly doing that. Motocross is kind of a dangerous thing to do, but I always loved motorcycles. But uh, I stopped doing that, I think, when I was uh, 18 or 19. I got into uh, the open wheel stuff. Um, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to do the Skip Barber Racing Series. This was in 1984, and I think I raced up until 1991. When again, I got injured pretty badly, so that kind of ended that stuff. But it's still a part of me, and I watch it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's still a part of my persona, and it was an absolute privilege to be able to, to do the things I was able to do. It's funny. I tried to get my friend to do a racing school with me. This is about a couple months back. I said, it's just a small amount of money to go do this racing school. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, that's not where it stops. He goes, it's really expensive because there's always another class and there's always something you want to go race then after that. And he's like, no, no, no. It's not just that small little fee. So it's funny that you went to a Skip Barber racing school and ended up all of a sudden having another career in racing. Well, you know what? He gave you amazing words of wisdom because I would work to get money to go race. It was like an addiction. <laughs> and that's the truth. It was like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can save up this money to go do this. And if I go do that and I don't do this, like eat, I can go race. So that's what it was. 
eating a second. It's a, just you just add weight into the race car when you eat. Yeah, that's correct. Actually, it did help. So, so in this time of two, you introduced to Ninja in 2010, right? That's correct. Yep. About give or take. And then right around 2013, give or take, when we started, you came to me and you said, like, I need more consistency. What made you reach out for the most part and say, okay, I need to like take this like wherever you want to go? What was it? You know, I knew that I needed to get to the next level, but I didn't have the skills or the ability to get pushed to do that. I've always been a very coachable person. And I knew in the, in the back of my mind, I needed to have somebody else kicking me along to get to that next level. So I was stuck. And I think a lot of people are stuck. I mean, the one thing about Ninja is you have this giant toolbox and you have all these things, these resources to be able to use. And I think it was like, well, you know, I just got kind of stuck on where should I go? How do I get to that level? I got all these tools, but I don't know how to implement them. And that was the decision that I made was I think it's it's going to be worth doing the coaching piece of it. And it it made amazing results in my career. Well, that was so you were 54 at the time. And I look back at my notes and at 54, again, this is 2013. You said you wanted to be out of the business in six years. That didn't happen. <laughs> You're still here. Hey, there was a thing called COVID. That would have been the six year mark right there, too. It's like, all right, time to oh, not do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was cruising and wow. So at this point, it's 2013. Again, you get introduced to Ninja, you come into coaching. At that point in time, I again looking at my, my back of my notes, 2011 was your best year. 275,000 gross was your business in 2011, which by the way, you'd had a, a solid running business. You were making good money. Where was most of your business coming from back then? The same that it did through most of my career, which was referrals, past clients. I've always lived on that piece of it. And I will say that ERA had a pretty significant relocation business. Colorado Springs is, has five military installations. So we really have a, a lot of people who are coming and going. So there was a piece of it that was coming from relocation, but that's expensive business because you have to pay referral fees. And that was probably another factor that came into driving this to try to get away from that. And how could I get business and capture new business that was not related to those referral fees? And I think, again, the coaching piece of it helped me there, too. Most of my business had always come from past clients. And this is the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast today. What led us here was a conversation I had with Larry Kendall. He was reintroducing me to Rob Henderson like I didn't know who Rob Henderson was. And I had to remind Larry, like, I've known Rob for a very, very, very long time. And that led me to reaching back out to you, Rob. We hadn't talked in, I would say it's been a couple of years, but I reached out to you and we were having this great conversation. And it reminded me how Rob looked at his database and his people. And it makes sense your business up to this point was all referral, or at least a lot of it was referral and working with friends and, and people like that. And bringing that consistency in is what you're looking for to continue to grow this and take it to the next level. The reason I'm kind of going down this path is because the main reason we want to have you on today is to talk about this point now of growing this incredible business to where you're at now of now wanting to exit the business, now wanting to take a, this next step. And it was the way you talk about your people, Rob. There's people that look at their database as how much business can I get out of this database? And there's people that look about it as I've got all these people I want to help and all these people I need to take care of. 
So before we go to this transition piece, what's been the best year you've had in the business so far? Uh, it was 2019, and I did uh, about 450, roughly, in gross commission income. That's awesome. And if we look at where that majority came from, still friends, family, people you know, referrals, repeat people? 85%. Where's the other part come from? Internet, you know, kind of small pieces of it, internet, off signs, those kinds of things. I'll call that coincidental business. It was just, you know, right place, right time. That's how that works. Once you have a presence like you had, I would imagine too, it's just natural that there's going to be people who just kind of show up at your doorstep, so to speak, like, hey, I've seen your signs. I've seen you doing business here. You're the guy that I want to hire. That's exactly what it was. So oh, there's another piece I was going to ask you over here. It's going to open up a whole nother can of worms. Well, let me just ask you about this real quick while I have you in this spot. Back in 2013, also, you did something internally in your office, which is you started a ninja group that I've come back to you many years after. And that is something that's been a consistent in your office from what I remember. How's that group been for you and helping you maintain your level of ninja that you want to be at? Brutal. I'll tell you right now. So I look forward to that. And I'm going to go back to a quick pandemic story. We kept our group going through the pandemic. And when we were all locked down and couldn't do anything, boy, I'll tell you, that Wednesday 9 a.m. meeting was something I looked forward to every week. It was important to my soul. So to that point, at our ninja meeting yesterday, we meet every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you know, a few exceptions, and it's a solid team of people. We have been together through a lot of things, and it's the essence of my existence and, and so important to what I do to have that group behind me. And they have my back and I have their back. So it's been something that we have just been doing. And what's cool about it is now I think there's three other groups in our company as well. So other people have embraced this as well. And it's just fantastic. In your group, how many people do you have in there? Right now we have five. And actually we've already approved somebody else to come in to replace me. Voted on the island? That is exactly what happened. Yep. Rob, on this topic, because there's a lot of people out there who talk about, and I've talked about this before, real estate being a, quote, lonely business. You run your own business. It's hard to find people who you can commiserate with and also collaborate with. And you think about the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Meeting with this group every single week, what are just some of the things that that y'all did together during your time each week that helped you stay on this path? Because I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that when you're together with each other, you're actually holding each other accountable versus allowing each other to wallow in some sort of misery of like, oh, this is so tough, right? So what are the things that you guys did to make sure that you kept that group on point? We do pit questions because of the new market. We've got to pull back in some old pit questions. So we do the pit questions. And I got to tell you that we challenge each other on those, just like you're in a real world scenario. Buyer process, seller process. We also have worked on all our marketing together. So our marketing plans and all the pieces that we use as a part of our buyer process and seller process and the additional pieces, we wrote together as a group. It's a brain trust of really top agents. It's not coincidental that the people that are in our group are some of the top producers in our company. That's not coincidence. It's because we share, uh, we're open with each other, we support one another, but also more importantly, we hold everyone accountable. It's actually interesting because it's more of an accountability group than a ninja group. 
I think we're holding each other accountable. Well, and I want to highlight there too, a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to share because it's in my marketplace. I'm worried about them. And we tell everybody so much like collaboration is what's going to build success. Your database is different than somebody else's database. I don't care if you live in the same town, you're going to know different people. And even if you know some of the same people, y'all will still have a database that expands beyond that. And that's a prime example of it right there, Rob. A long time ago, when I first came to ERA Shields, one of the top agents in the company, and I remember this, I came from the East Coast, a little different mentality than Colorado. And one of the agents who has become a good friend said to me, hey, I've got all this stuff if you want to share it, and I'll share it with you. And I remember going to Bill Hurt, the owner of ERA Shields at that time, and I'm like, uh, hey, this guy wants to give me this stuff. What do you think he wants? Because <laughs> I was suspicious. It's like, hey, who's, what's this collaborative stuff? But that's exactly the culture of our company. And very honestly, we work in a world of plenty. You know, that scarcity mentality, you got to let that go. And so by collaborating, you're able to improve what you're doing, but also help somebody else improve, which by the way, they could sell your listing. You got to think about it that way. It's like, how can I help them and that which will help me? And again, you all benefit. We hear it all the time where I'll ask somebody to come on the podcast. They're like, well, I don't want to share my secrets. One, I'm like, you can share a lot of stuff. They still have to take action on it. You can share all the greatest ideas in the world and very small percentage are actually going to take action with it. So just let it go. It's okay. Yeah. I learned that a long time ago. It's just, hey, look, probably 10% of the people are going to embrace what we're talking about. I'll share it all day long. So, Rob, you've had an incredible run at your career in real estate. And now you're getting to a point where you see the next path for you. You were telling me you, you've actually bought a property uh, in Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks, right? That's correct. Yep. All right. So you're now starting this new phase of living in two different areas, letting your real estate kind of settle down a little bit. And again, this takes us back to this conversation I was having with you in the words you were using about your transition right now. And the words were not, how do I profit off of this next element of my life that I'm going to be in? How do I make sure that I'm going to continue or sell my business so I'm going to get money from it? You said what to me? What were the words you said? Because it made me stop and be like, I need to learn more. Well, I certainly do look at this very differently. I've always felt that my success has been because of the people that I've served. And I'm using very specific words here because I feel like I owe the people that have, have honored me with their trust a lot. I've always said this, and I firmly believe it, that I'm tending a flock of people. And I needed to make sure that my flock was going to be cared for after I transitioned out. So I've taken a mindset that how am I going to do this in a way that they're going to be taken care of? Frankly, I believe that because I've done things this way, the money piece will be there. And if it isn't, it isn't. And my people are taken care of. The reality of it is, I think that financially, I'll be rewarded. But those that have entrusted me with important decisions in their lives need me to respect them to make sure that they're taken care of. It's a pretty emotional thing because I'm in the midst of this right now. And over the last couple of weeks, I have a, a client appreciation event coming up on October 1st, I've uh, got tickets to the Air Force versus Navy game. So I've been calling clients to invite them because A, 
the people who are transitioning over my business are going to be there. So they're going to get to meet them in person, which is really important. I believe at least not sending a letter out saying, hey, here's your new agent. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's a lot of what happens. And I'm not knocking that. It just this is the way I'm doing this. So as I have been calling people and some people can't come because of commitments. So I'm starting to have this conversation. And one particular person who has been a dear friend and has entrusted me with lots of transactions over my career, he and I had this 35-minute long conversation about what I just said. I said, look, Richard, I need to make sure that you're taken care of. And I said, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but here's how I feel. What I've done is I'm taking care of my flock and you're a part of my flock. And I want to make sure that you are taken care of and you have somebody who's a trusted advisor in the future. And he paused for a second and said, I never thought of it that way. That is amazing. And as I've said that to people now, you know, these are words that I'm using kind of regularly. Everyone's reactions have been that special. And it is. And I I mean, this is not something you can make up. And if it's not your persona, you cannot say those words in a manner that is disingenuous. It's got to be real and from the heart. And it is. I'm getting a little emotional right now, as a matter of fact. Cry if you need to. We haven't had a crier yet on the show. You know, if if I do, it's a podcast that will be there forever, and that will be something my family and friends will use. So I don't want to do that. Oh, 100%. So one of the things you mentioned was if the financial piece is there, that's great, but it's more important to take care of these people. And Matt, you can probably back me up on this, that the most successful people I've ever seen in business put their people first, and the income is a like... I really hope it's there because I love what I'm doing. I believe in what I'm doing. And I believe in these systems that I have and how I'm going to take care of people. And the more that that's put first, the income follows, which is different than how a lot of people do it. (laughs) They a lot of times go into, I want to make this income. What's my vehicle, my path to make this income? The waters get all muddied. And Rob, that's why it's okay to cry. This is why you're so emotional. (laughs) This is why there's that much emotion behind it because you can hear it in your voice that your people come first. And you're right. The financials will follow. It's just the way that it works. Right. Again, giving versus taking. So Rob, I have a question for you about the start of this transition journey. Because a lot of people will say, hey, I want to transition out of real estate. I want to sell my business. And the first place I go, I said, well, you have to really look back at yourself and say, do I have a business to sell? Because you're the greatest asset to your own business because you're the one generating all the business with these relationships. And then people go to, okay, well, this is what I want to make from it. This is how I want to structure it. And this is how it's going to work. If if somebody wants to do business, I'm going to refer them, I'm going to get this referral. And that's where they start first. And you flipped it around. And so when you first started thinking about this, which sounds like it was back in 2013, 14, when you were working with Garrett, what were your initial thoughts on how you might want to set this up? And what are some of the things you learned along the way to get to where you are now? Well, I'll tell you one of the things that that occurred in this process, which was beneficial. A, when I moved from Rhode Island to Colorado, I had a business that I did sell. And it was funny because there was no discussions of any of that before exit strategies or anything. And when I left, I was like, well, this has got value to it. In that particular case, it was a piece of business that had to do with foreclosures and REOs at that time, which was 1997. And I did have somebody who took up that piece of it. And that was a very different business model, obviously. 
more assets and processes and systems that could be sold versus relationships, right? That's correct. I mean, the relationships I have with, with banks and individuals at banks, but beyond that, it was quite different. So that worked. I had an income for three years based on that. So about five or six years ago, an agent in our office, her husband had a, a very significant illness and she decided to get out of the business and I took over her business. What didn't happen is what I'm doing right now, which is reaching out to people, inviting them to things, staying in touch with them and having one-on-ones. She didn't have the ability to do that. You know, her life changed instantly. Her husband had a stroke and she had to leave. And I merged that business into mine, but it didn't go as well as it could have because there was no introductions. It was a letter. Here you go. So, you know, fast forward to today. I said, I need to do this differently. And again, it's my personality and how I want to do this. But I learned from the thing I did in 1997, what happened you know, six years ago with a business I, that I took over. And I said, I've got to do it better. I've got to do it in a way that's going to work for, for my mindset. So I think those pieces really influenced how I was going to do this. When the decision happened, it really was last year, kind of as COVID was winding down, I was like, well, when's the time to do this? And I just made a decision. I was like, yeah, it's time to go. So I started formulating how I was going to do it, who I was going to select, how I was going to go through that process. And I believe it's going quite well. So you had mentioned to me, like this process of finding the right people is really important. It's extremely important to being able to make this be successful. And I want to stress the time frame that you just talked about, because we do watch people that are like, all of a sudden, flick the switch, send the letter out. Hey, I'm out. Isn't this great? I'm going to have all this passive income come in. Woo! Doesn't ever usually work that way. But the way you're going about it is the way that I've seen that, that it works. And when you are talking about the right people to take care of your people, it's not just plugging in any realtor into that spot and saying, oh, here, John, yeah, you're new in the business. You've got time to take care of my people. Here, have at it. Here's my database. I'm going to introduce you. How did you pick your people? How did you pick the ones that you're like, you qualified to be the ones in this seat? Well, guess what? They're ninjas. Ah, Fancy that. (laughs) Surprise. So the pool got shallow real quick in my office. You know, we have about 100 agents and I think we have about 20 that are ninjas. And very honestly, there was no way that I was going to even consider anybody that was not. Sorry, other ERA agents, but that was, for me, a primary consideration. And I looked at what are the personality types of the people that are there? Because I know, obviously, you know how I work with people. So it was through interactions with these particular agents. And by the way, it's a team. And they are a part of my ninja group, surprisingly, because I have a personal relationship with them. And I knew them. And I knew that they would be very similar to how I work. So. You know, I had the good fortune of really having a, a relationship with, with my group that I could easily work somebody into this. And we really started talking about this at the beginning of this year that, okay, here's the plan. And I kind of, I will admit that I got busy and all of a sudden it was like June and I'm like, uh-oh, we got to get going on this thing because the end is coming here. But again, that selection process was a number one for me, absolutely would have been a ninja. No other way it would have been anyone else. Because I was approached as I started talking about this a little bit, and I had to be very careful about who I told this to, but it got out and agents were calling me from other companies as well. And I'm like, nope. Blood in the water. 
they were just like, hey, here's some money. Give me your database or like <laughs> trying to court you in a way. I wish it was that kind of cool. It wasn't quite like that. And now up on the trading block is Rob Henderson, the database of X number of people. (laughs) (laughs) Bidding's going to start at? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So to me, I had this built-in mechanism there already. So that part of it, again, I think going back to what I had done years ago, what happened about six years ago, and then having this really, I think, great place to be able to look for someone that could be my replacement was right in front of me. Again, going back to the Ninja Group, I think that's a critical thing for people to have. The people that you're going to use, are they part of your core Wednesday morning Ninja Group? Are they in that? Yes, they are. Oh, piece of cake. Yep. And on top of it, good friends. So it was a natural place to go. And their office is right next to mine too. I think a key component here too is finding somebody who's of the abundance mindset because if you want to hand off to somebody who's doing a good business, they also have to be willing to take on business where they're going to be sharing some of the profit that could come out of it as well, right? And you know, most people will be like, eh, I don't know if I want to take that on because I can just do this over here. And so having that abundance mindset is a very important first step. Rob, if you don't mind sharing some of the structural components of how this is going to work, you know, when you decide, hey, you know, we're going to spend most of our time now in, in Missouri and I'm out of real estate. We kind of have an idea of what this handoff is looking like. What's it going to look like after the handoff is complete? Well, in fact, I need to get this finalized. We have a document that's a three-year document. So referral fees are going to be paid out over a three-year time period. I think that's what you're asking me. So I'm just going to, I'll go down that rabbit hole here for a sec. So there's referral fees that are going to be paid out for a three-year time period. What I'm saying to the folks that are my current clients that I've spoken to about this is I'm still going to be here as a consultant. I'm not physically going to be showing you houses. I'm not going to physically go out and you know come to your property to put it on the market. I'm not going to be doing those things, but I'm going to be in the background. And if you need me to come to the forefront, I will be here to do that. And I feel comfortable in doing that. And I think that's an important part of it as well, so that it isn't like, okay, here's these guys and Rob's gone. I still want to feel like they feel my presence. And if they need to, and Barry and Lonnie, the people who are taking over my business, plug in for those guys, our understanding of that. I think they believe that that's an important part as well. And I think that is important, right? You know, for you to have that involvement, you'd look at, you said 85% of your business is repeat clients and referral. That business should still be there over the next, you know, three years and beyond as you make this transition. And that's going to be great for your partners who are taking it on and good for you and good for your your people, most importantly, because they still feel that trust where they can go to someone and find that advisement, right? Yeah. I know how I've reacted to things like this. I had a home inspection company and I still use them and I've built a relationship with a new home inspector. But when my primary home inspector I called to have an inspection done and he's like, oh, he's no longer here. I was like, well, wow, what happened? Where'd he go? And I've been you know, working with this guy for a while and he just is gone. That took me back. And it's like as simple as a home inspection. How is a, how is a homeowner or a buyer going to react? They have to go then do all this new research and find like versus, oh, I already trust Rob. Let's just <laughs> take his advice. I just looked at what I would want. And that's how I structured this. It's like, how would I react? If I found out that, well, or who else is important? Your attorney, your CPA, uh, your financial advisor, and all of a sudden they're gone. And you're like, well, what happened to them? They didn't even call me? You know, it's like, wow, that's not the way to handle this. So I want to make sure people know. And 
this is the crazy part of our business. I mean, I was a real estate agent in Rhode Island. I have been out of there for 25 years, and I still get calls from people back there asking me real estate questions. It's like, wow. So I love this idea that you're going to stay on as a consultant in the background, because again, that slow transition out is what people need to feel the confidence in the new people that are there. And it's easy to have that little voice in the back of your head going, man, I wish I wish we had Rob to talk to because we trust Rob. We know that he's going to shoot us straight. And the beauty is, is when you have these new people and they're going, they don't have that trust level yet with them. They know you trust them, which is a huge piece. Like They're like, we trust Rob. Rob says they're the person. This is pretty good. But to even have them be able to call you and run something by you and say, hey, Rob, can we just run this by you real quick? And that matches with what they said. Like All of a sudden, it's like more trust of like, okay, we don't need to call Rob as much in the future because we've got our people here. We got our new consultants, which I think is, is huge. Yeah. Again, I think there can't be a disconnect there. It would have been a serious mistake if I thought it's like, okay, it's December 31st. I closed down my computer. I shut off my office cell phone and my email and go off and you know ride off into the sunset. I mean, people do that. And if they decide that that's the way they want to do it, that's fine. But that's just not the way that I feel that most of my clients are going to be comfortable. So again, I go back to what's right for them. So with this transition, and this is specifically about marketing. I know you've got your ninja marketing campaign. You have postcards going out. You were diligent about that when we were working together. Are you going to continue some of that marketing as this transition is going on or what that looks like? Are you going to turn that over to your your new guys to be able to run that? And they're going to be seeing postcards specifically from them. I didn't ask you this beforehand. This just came up for me right now. So if you have no answer, just say, move along. <laughs> but I think you do. Yeah, I do. So we, in fact, one of the things we're going to talk about today is I do calendars every year as my end of the year thing. You know, the magnetic calendars that go in the refrigerator. In fact, it's so funny. I get in October, I get the request to make sure that people like send a little thing on one of the cards that's on the calendar to send it in. And I get those in in October as a reminder. So we're going to do a calendar together. So it's going to be the three of us on the calendar and it's going to be the, the Henderson team still. That's what I've called my business. But Lonnie and, and Barry are going to be on that calendar. And then as far as where I go next year with things, that's kind of something we're still discussing. And that's probably going to be a part of our, our 10 o'clock meeting today. So yes, I have to keep that transition there, at least for a period. And then I have a social media group that has been handling my stuff, and they're still going to be doing some posting for some period of time. That's a TBD at this point. But uh, uh, again, I'm not just closing it down as of December 31st of this year. So there is going to be some transitional pieces that are going to be there. I'm also working on a mailing piece to go out because I'm not able to reach everybody. I mean, it's we all know that if you're you're working off your client list, that you're going to call people, you're going to text people, you're going to email people, and everybody responds differently. So I'm calling people right now, and I am calling everybody, but also going to be doing mailings and emails as well. And I'm going to keep that stuff going for a period of time into uh, January. And I also have a website that I need to talk about as well that isn't going to just disappear because I've worked hard to get that in a good position. So that's something that needs to stay operational for a period of time as well. The database that you're handing over, as you said, you can't talk to everybody. I mean, we'd love to say you're going to have one-on-ones with every single person in your database as you're transferring over here. 
How big is that sphere of influence that you are specifically saying, I need to talk to these people? And then how big is the larger database that you're handing over? Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah. So I've characterized primaries and secondaries, tertiaries. You know, it's like, who are the the people who I have had the strongest relationships? And then I kind of work it off that. So my database right now is about 550, the bigger database. My locals are about 225, somewhere in there. And again, with the military being a part of my business, they're all over the place. I mean, it's just, you know, you we really scatter them out. I mean, they're international, they're everywhere. So I've got a, a local database, a Colorado database, and then the rest of them, wherever they would be. It was interesting. I actually called somebody the other day and they're in Dubai right now. I didn't realize that. So I called him at two o'clock in the afternoon and it's 11 there. And I'm like, oh, but he answered the phone. So I, I kind of faulted him. And actually what's cool is he's going to be here and go into the football game. So he's coming back stateside. So I had to categorize it in making sure that I had the critical people that I have a direct conversation with in a one-on-one. And I'm really making an effort that those guys, Barry and Lonnie, are going to start coming out to meet and greet with people as well. The bigger database is the mailing list or the call list, and then you have to kind of work it backwards. I have priorities on clients that I want to make sure that I, again, have had either a face-to-face or a conversation with, but it's a work in progress. You know, you just have to kind of work through it. The good thing is that as I've been doing this, I've gotten my database really scrubbed well, and I'm handing off something that I'm very comfortable for those guys to be working with. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but hopefully I did. No, it did. That's amazing. And I, I want to highlight a few things um, that you noted here. I mean, one goes going back to the beginning, the mindset behind what you're trying to accomplish here and making sure your people are taken care of. The second is, is you've structured your database so that you can actually engage in this. It's not just, oh, I have this whole contact list. I don't really know, you know how this is organized. You structured it. And the third is the multiple touch points. I think a lot of people who are listening, who are thinking about transitioning, you know, out of the business or have taken over uh, somebody else's business where all there's been is maybe a conversation at best or an email or a mailer. This is when all of a sudden you start getting all those unsubscribes to your email newsletter because people say, how did this person end up in my inbox? People need to see some faces and hear some names multiple times before they're comfortable with it. I've seen it before where people show up in my inbox, you know, and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Unsubscribe. And it could have been, maybe I stopped receiving emails from somebody else that I knew and they handed off the database. But now my business is no longer there. And who knows what people paid for those databases too. So the multiple touch points is so, so important. And I love how you're also doing this event. I think I just want to highlight that for people because a lot of people don't think about that. They just think, oh, people won't change their habits. They'll of course see the stuff from the new people that comes out. And that's just not the way human behavior works. And so you're taking care of that in a wonderful way here, Rob. So I want to commend you for that and highlight those things. Thank you. We did, we did our first one. We did a shred event where we had a shred truck come and I had clients come to that. I had about 25 people show up for that, which I was you know happy with. And uh, that was my first opportunity to talk and Barry and Lonnie were there for that. We have the football game, and then we're going to do something else before the end of the year as well. And I'm also trying to do this, by the way, when you're doing in-person meetings. You know, not everybody wants to go to a football game. Not everybody has things to shred. So it's like, well, what else can we do? So we're going to do another event. We're going to talk about that again today. What's the next thing to do? So that I can do crossovers to get people to come to this to, again, do a face-to-face. 
Yeah, the multiple uh, touch points is critical. You know, I mean, everybody reacts differently. I mean, I have people on my call list. You know, you don't call them. They don't want calls. They want emails or they want a uh, text. So you just have to respect that. So again, I have to have mechanisms to be able to have all those different things out there. It's been a process. Another question for you on that. During the transition, what and maybe you haven't talked about this yet with your your partners yet, but what's going to be your level of commitment? Because, you know, this kind of transition, the way you're setting it up becomes a little bit of a two-way street as well, right? It's you mentioned you're going to be there in the background as a consultant. Now, are you going to have a commitment on on how you're going to stay in flow with people over the three years or one year or two years, kind of how this transition works so that you're still kind of putting some effort in, you know, not the same as, as you're doing now, but there's a level of commitment for you that your partners can rely on and trust so that they're comfortable with, hey, this database is going to come around to us. Golf, coffee, lunches. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I commit to playing golf, eating lunch and having coffee with my people. That's that's perfect. Here was the thing that that was an epiphany I had, which was, you know, I get to see people differently now in a way. I think that's so cool is and I have a feeling and I know what you're about to say, which is now as you transition, you're going to have a lot less time spent in the business, which is going to give you the opportunity to spend more time on the business with your people. Yeah, I think the piece of this that is going to be, for me personally at least, uh, phenomenal is that I'm going to be able to spend time with my friends. And that's the piece that I think sometimes people miss. You might actually end up generating a whole lot more business by doing this. This could be a whole new model of actually being a real estate agent. Hey, everybody, retire. And this is how you'll it'll go. No, I agree that I'll be able to be more natural. And I don't know if that's the right word in spending time with people. So as an example, some clients, again, who I haven't been able to see for a while, I've got coffees with two different people next week. And these are things I should have been doing all along. And I know as a ninja, the coffees and lunches, but the reality of it is that it's been hard to do that. And this piece of it, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be working with a lot of people, I think, and spending time with them. So you're right. I hadn't really thought about that facet of it but I believe it's going to be a very comfortable thing to be able to do. And that's how I'm going to stay in touch. When I'm usually helping somebody kind of get the systems going and take their business to the next level and get the consistency with it, I usually ask them, who would you do these systems with in your database if you weren't selling real estate? Who would you still want to pick up the phone and make a phone call to? Who would you want to have lunch with? Who would you want to have coffees with? Who would you want to go play golf with? And they're like, oh, I have a list of people. I'm like, great, just start doing the ninja systems with those people. And this is how you're going to get this going. You're on the tail end of that, Rob, where you're like, I'm actually going to take these ninja systems and continue to do them with this group because I really like these people. It's not about building a business. It's not about you know making sure I'm their realtor. It's about I really genuinely want to spend time with these people. And Matt, that goes back to what you were saying is you're probably going to generate more business. I've struggled with this wording and I'm going to say this and I don't know if this is the right platform. I don't believe that it's ninja selling. I think it's just being a ninja. And it applies to all our lives. It applies to how I deal with and talk to my wife and my daughter and trying to be a better person. So that extension of being a ninja to my friend base, not a client base in the future, but my friend base, 
is going to work just as well as it has for what I've done when I've been working. This is a path that isn't just for your work. It's for your life and it's for you. And I firmly embrace that. And I, you know, I'm going to go back to when I first took Ninja with Larry Kendall. I remember leaving <laughs> Fort Collins, coming down to Colorado Springs, and my head was going to explode because this is something that talked to me in a way that I'd never had it happen before. And I've really embraced the culture of it, and it has helped me in so many ways. So in the next phase of my life, it still applies. It doesn't just go away. I'm not going to stop being a ninja. It doesn't work that way. One of my favorite, I had somebody say to me one time, so they're like, so Gary, you're just asking me to be a, a good person? Pretty much what it comes down to. And so Rob, you're a prime example of being a good person. Thank you. But this was a, an easy pathway for me and it just spoke to me. And again, it doesn't end at the end of my quote unquote real estate career. It doesn't. It applies. Asking questions of people and learning about them, because I always like to talk and hear myself talk. And this is trained me not to do that. It has trained me to listen to people and use the, you know, the one third, two third rule of, you know, speaking a third of the time and listening two thirds of the time. So that's engaged me in having more friendships. And that piece is just magic. Well, Rob, I'm excited. Again, it, this has been such a fun I get to go on some pretty wild rides with people. I obviously coach for about two years together. There's people that I, I get to be kind of more in step with over a longer journey, but it is so much fun to watch the journeys that ninjas get to go on from the moment they come into this world of ninja to the time that you're at of you know saying, hey, this has been a good run and I'm going to go live a different part of my life now. And it's fun to see you at this point where you're taking that time for you and going to enjoy time away and vacationing and separating your time between just two areas that you love. And uh, I'm just excited for you, man. Really excited for you. Well, thank you very much. Can I share two Garrett stories? Oh, no. Oh, yes, please do. I would really like to hear some Garrett stories. I have stuff I haven't shared. This better be good. I will share stuff about you, Rob. If it's not good, taking you down, buddy. These are both good. They're both good. So one was that I was not doing my Monday reports when we were coaching. And he got on me about this. And frankly, I started doing them because of this. So I had a bet with him. It was a win-lose win bet, but we're uh, truly a bet. I had to write a check to a political party that I'm not a member of to give to that organization if I didn't do my reports. It worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and it was not a small check. So that was number one. That motivated me. He figured out how to motivate me. And then the other one was when I was doing my goals for financial, the number, the dollar amount, I took a safe path. And he said, no, it was like, you need to challenge yourself. And I did write a safe number, but it, I knew it was a number I could probably get to. And he made me write a number that I thought I could never get to. And guess what? I got to the number. It took me a year afterwards, but I got to that number. And then I've been able to maintain it since. So it's just, uh, Garrett, I got to thank you for that. Both those things helped me get more engaged in what I was doing from a business perspective. And I became a better manager of the business piece of it. Again, I think I always had the natural skills for the real estate piece, but you have to run a business successfully to do well. There's a lot of good agents out there that fail. 
because they didn't run the business aspect of it correctly. And you really helped me in that aspect, which again, made me get to the next level. So, hey, if you're thinking about coaching, here's your here's the plug. Uh, if you're thinking about coaching, you need to do it. It makes a huge difference in what you're doing. We did not ask Rob to do that, but man, that is awesome. I, I love that's such kudos to you, Garrett, and to you, Rob, for taking on that challenge. I know a lot of people would be like, wait, I don't think I want to make that bet. But you did put the onus on yourself to show up and be accountable and do the thing so that you didn't have to write that check, which I think is a, is a great story. I wrote the check. He made me write the check out, put the dollar amount in. It was an envelope with a stamp on it. It was done. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> so it was real, too, because you could see it. It was real. Oh, no, it was real. And it was sitting in the top desk of my drawer. And if and, you know, I'd be opening the drawer, I'm like, oh, there's that thing. It was a reminder. He, he made me do that. So what did you do? Did you burn it? Did you shred it? I shredded it. So very few people I've had to take that approach with because it's not the best way for a lot of people. But in the right circumstances, it's like, okay, we're throwing a Hail Mary here. And it is a win-lose type of situation, which is always not the best situation I like to put people into. Because if they have to mail the check, it can get really strange. If it's strong enough, if you find the right one, that they're like, there's no way, like there's no way I'm going to send that check. That all of a sudden can become a very powerful piece into uh, taking action. You read me well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other piece is that you know we play safe with a lot of our goals a lot of time. And I've coached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And a lot of times we're so adverse to failure that we will do everything to not fail. And when it comes to setting goals, we set these goals. It's like, okay, I know for a fact, I won't have to experience failure around this. And my thing, and I, what I love that you said, Rob, why I'm sticking on this for a second is, is that you said, I didn't get it the first year. Garrett raised this, pushed me on my goal, raised this thing even higher. And I didn't get it the first year, but I got it the second year. And then from there, I've held it. We look at this like compartmentalized in years that we have. And did we fail that year or did we win that year? Did we fail that year? Or did we win that year when it comes to our goals? And as long as we're growing, we just are continuing to grow and be better and to level up and to level up and to level up. These goals are aspirations of things that we want to accomplish within our business. And as long as we're moving towards that all the time, at some point you will check it off. It's pretty much guaranteed. And I want to give you you know, some props around that is that you didn't look at it as like, oh, Garrett pushed my goal and I didn't make it and kick yourself. You kept going with it. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, check that one off the list. What's the next goal now? So well done, man. What you focus on expands. Sorry, that's, you know, cliche, but it's not. And that's exactly what I did. The other piece that I just want to add in there is if the real estate review piece has probably changed my business single-handedly the most. That whole mindset of that has helped me immensely. And uh, it's interesting because as I'm making these calls now, I've also picked up business because I'm in front of people in a different light. And unexpectedly, it's again, the real estate review process has just been, a, I think, a, a critical part of my success and probably any ninja that's doing well. Oh, absolutely. Well, Rob, so many golden nuggets here in this entire time that you've been with us. And I, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure for me 
a lot of times when we have guests on the podcast, both of us have maybe had a conversation with the person who's joining us. And this is, I didn't know you until I ruined your conversation with Garrett by restarting our program here when we joined in. And so it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story, being open. I know there's a lot of people who are taking notes, are going to go back and listen to this again, and are going to hopefully be able to take the information that you shared to be able to develop their off-ramp when the time comes for them as well. So thank you so much for being open to, to sharing all this. Absolutely my pleasure. I owe the ninja world my success, very honestly. And for me to be able to, again, give some people some hope or some insight into how this transition should go, I'm happy to share at any point. Appreciate that. Well, Matt, to back up what you said, it is funny because when we bring guests onto the podcast, it's always coming like Matt has a guest or I have a guest. And I feel like we pitch our guests to each other. Like I'll be like, okay, Matt, I've got Rob, Rob Henderson here and here's why. And and you, you get some of it out and, and Matt's like, oh, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Like, like, like we should do that. And then it's so much fun to watch it come together, watch Matt engage. And it's like, ah, this was, this was the right person to have on the podcast. The plan worked. Yeah, it worked. And it wor- always works both ways. Matt, the same thing with Matt when he brings somebody on. And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty good. And then we get to do it. And it's like, oh, that was the right person to have on. So Rob, so grateful for your time today. I'm grateful to you guys and for what path you've put me on. And anytime I can repay that debt, and that's what I'll call it, I'm happy to share. Well, we appreciate you, Rob. And I know everybody listening appreciates you. And Garrett and I appreciate all of you, the listeners. And Rob, I know you do as well. And so for those of you who haven't joined our Facebook group yet, you can definitely join us there for more conversation. Garrett and I are in there very often commenting, although with over 9,000 people in there now, we don't really have to comment that much because y'all are so great to each other. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash The Ninja Selling Podcast to join that. And for all of your Ninja Selling needs, any questions, if you want to look up installations, just head over to ninjaselling.com. Everything is there for you. We appreciate y'all so much. You have a great day and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.